0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the All Things Good podcast from Luther Memorial Church in Quincy, Illinois. I'm Pastor Tony Metz, and I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Usually I would share with you a sermon that I recently preached, but we're going to do something a little bit different this time. I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with a member of our congregation. Her name is Kayla Breeder. Uh, she's a mother of three, and and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you in just a moment. But you know, 2020 was a hard year on all of us with COVID-19. But Kayla and her family went through something that really very few of us have to exp- have to go through in life. Um, it was a near-death experience, and when we say near, um, it was a close one. We are so grateful and just so glad to be able to have this conversation with Kayla. We're not just going to hear about what it was that she went through, um, but also how she's responded to it, how it's changed the way that she sees virtually everything, how it's affected her faith and uh, and the ways that, that she's um, decided to, to give back in response to it. So I've entitled this episode interview with a warrior because that's what she is. So give it a listen. Let's get right into it. Here we go. Well, hey, um, Kayla, thanks for joining me today. And uh, yeah, everybody that's listening, this is Kayla Breeder, if you don't already know her. And Kayla, maybe you could just start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your family.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Um, I am married with my husband, Charlie, and we have a little girl, Chasley, who's four, um, Lee is two. And then we have our, our little Channing who is six months.
0: Yeah. And, uh, a wonderful family. Um, you guys came to Luther Memorial. What year would that have been like 2018 maybe?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and we were just delighted to have you become a part of the congregation and, uh, you know, uh, speaking of years, the year 2020 was like a really hard one for everybody, right? Yeah. And, and the, co- the whole COVID thing continues on to 2021. Um, and of course, your family had a little bit of a bout with, with COVID as well. But um, 2020 brought an extra um, challenge to you surrounding the birth of your son, Channing. Um, yes something that, that caused me to do something that I've never done in my almost 13 years as a pastor. Um, I was so so distressed, so concerned that um, my thought was I needed to go to the church and sit in the pew that you guys sit in every Sunday. Because as Lutherans, we sit in the same pews, right? So yeah. I know right exactly where you guys are. And and I I, I prayed pretty desperately for, for you in the midst of that. And I wasn't the only one. Uh, there was yeah. lots of folks praying so... Tell us a little bit about what happened and why everybody was praying so hard.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I didn't know that story, so I, I appreciate that. Um, so Channing was um at thirty three weeks. Um, I was in the hospital and he, he became like um, unresponsive, so he had to go back for an emergency C section. Um, and that all seemed to go really fine. He just, you know, needed some extra help with being a baby, so he ended up um, getting airlifted to St. Louis, no real big concerns from that point. Um, and then about 12 hours after that, um, I passed out and I started to have like uh, my blood pressure started to kind of go drop real low and my heart rate was really high. They couldn't quite figure it out. Um, and after a while they figured out um, I had some internal bleeding. Um, and so they rushed me back in um, to, to try to figure out where I was bleeding from and found out it was within my uterus um but by the time they had found it it was such a slow bleed I had been bleeding for about 12 hours at that point um so I went in I'm just gonna shorten it went into what's called DIC um and basically I stopped making my blood products my blood wasn't clotting um and I just was like excessively bleeding they couldn't stitch me up even right um and it was
0: just kind of um. And and you're in Quincy. This this yeah, was happening yeah, in I'm, Quincy. Yep,
1: I'm in Quincy. My husband's in St. Louis with um Channing because he had left that morning. I made him go there instead of being oh, with me.
0: Oh, so that's right. Quincy or uh, Channing took a, a helicopter yeah. flight, yeah, and yep. and and Charlie followed him there in the car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still yeah. in Quincy. And and when when Charlie leaves for St. Louis. Does he know that you're in a critical situation? Mm-mm. Okay. No,
1: no. And he, he didn't really even know until about, I went back for the first surgery at four. And then that's when they're like, okay, it's critical. We, we, you know, um, and they just came out, we're trying to save her life. Um, and then it came, just came down. I had to get, um, 32 units of blood and
0: how uh, many, how many was, was that? 32. Do you have any way of, like, for somebody who's not... I mean, that sounds like a lot, right? But that's...
1: The average person has 8 to 10 within their body at a time. So I went through all of mine, like, you know, three... What is that? Four times through. Went through all of the blood within my body four times (sighs) before I started making it. They, like, they loaded me on the helicopter and told had my dad, my dad signed a paper saying that we couldn't sue the hospital if I didn't make it. And the nurse actually told him that they didn't expect me to make the flight to St. Louis. Um, And then I landed in St. Louis and like was a complete 180 was completely fine for the most. I mean, I was still just like that. (laughs) Yeah, it was like super quick. They're like, she's going to have to be in the ICU for four days. And, you know, there we don't know what could be. Like negative side effects of it all. I was in the ICU for like forty-five hours or something like that, like a day and a half or or two days maybe. I can't even remember for sure. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, and then I, I mean, I normally with DIC the there's um, organ failure, uh, potentially like limb loss and and could be brain damage and all this stuff. And I don't I don't have anything at all, so.
0: It's amazing. So how long yeah. then were you in St. Louis once you got down there?
1: Um, I stayed a week. Um, I, I did need like a walker and stuff. Um, I was super weak. I had to kind of learn how to do all of that all over again, dressing myself, bathing myself and everything. I had a bit of a stutter and um, some memory loss. Um, but um, within a week, I was pretty much back to normal. And Within two weeks, I was up taking care of everybody around the house like nothing had
0: happened. In two weeks. Yeah. So um, in a moment, I want to talk about kind of where your life has gone from there. But um, aside from all the medical stuff, this was this was a very traumatic experience for the whole family, right? Um, yeah. And I know it's hard for you to see it from their perspective, but... To the degree that you're able, what do you think all this was like for for Charlie and and for the rest of them?
1: Um, my whole family had to see me getting loaded. Didn't they? Didn't have to, but they basically came and, and told me goodbye as I, they were loading me on the helicopter. At that point, I had you know dried blood from my eyes and my nose. So I mean, I and I was I was so swollen. If anybody's seen any pictures that I shared, I I haven't really hidden any of it. But I was so swollen, I didn't even look at myself. So I can only like, I don't like looking at the pictures of me as myself, you know, so I can only imagine like what my mom and my dad felt when they saw that. Um, Charlie doesn't really talk about it a ton, but he's had, he's had like one good moment where he really broke down to me and told me how scared he was. And, and I think of like, if that was him, I, I don't even, I couldn't even imagine. I don't know how he held it together so well. Um, My Chasley was a lot um understood a lot more than we thought so she's currently in therapy um but she's doing really well a lot better we, she went through a phase where she wasn't sleeping and eating very much and um that's all kind of changed and she's doing a lot better with yeah. that so
0: good well and uh i don't know what was it uh it's early december that we got together for the baptism yeah mid december okay, yeah. yeah so I forget the exact date, but in December we got together at the church, just uh, just your family, uh, grandparents, and, mm-hmm. and kids. And uh, um, considering everything that you had been through, that that was just an extra special celebration. Um, but the reason yeah. I wanted to talk to you today, and I wanted other people to hear this story in greater depth, is that um, you've really felt, um, and I am going to let you use the words, but like uh, inspired to. To respond by um, by giving back in some ways and so yeah. just tell us a little bit about what that's looked like for you
1: yeah so um my whole like outlook on life has changed you know I don't know if anyone's seen that movie soul but like when he's sitting there and like watching the helicopter thing, you know, fall from the sky and then catch them like the little leaves, you know, like I've had those experiences where I'm just sitting back like, Oh my gosh, look at like the beauty of the world, you know? So I've been, um, I've been definitely like trying to figure out ways like, okay, I need to give back. I need to help people feel that. Um, I, um, I've been doing donating blood, um, as soon as I could at, um, it was three months after you get a transfusion, you can donate. So Um, I went and I donated blood, I've donated blood twice, I've donated platelets twice, Um, I've talked to my husband who's like deathly afraid of donating blood, he's going with me in a couple of weeks to donate, so I've just been like, I'm like, my life goal now is to give back the 32 units that um, I was given, and I actually just today set up having a blood drive on, posting a blood drive on April 2nd, so that's like a big part of it, and just trying to be like to spread positivity around, you know, and try to get as many people happy (laughs) as they can, you know?
0: That's amazing. Kayla, how do you, how does it make you feel, I guess, to, to be in the position to, to do that? What, you know, when you're sitting there and and you're, you know, holding your arm out and you're watching that blood flow out instead of flow in, what, what goes through your mind? Um,
1: the, I had never had a real big reaction to it in this last, i donated on sunday um and i don't know if it was just because it was just had just turned and been six months and if everything happened but um it got me when i saw that blood come out the first time i kind of was like (gasps) and i i'm sitting there you can't move your arms and i'm crying you know because and i but i can't wipe my tears or anything because i've got these needles and it's just like it's a bit of anxiety my i think seeing my blood has become a little bit of a trigger Mm. but then in the you know in the back of my mind um I'm like, this is helping somebody, saving somebody's life. You know what I mean? The the cool thing when you donate with the red cross through the app is they actually tell you where your platelets and your blood are going. Like my, the last time I donated platelets, it went to a child in Chicago. So, you know, like like, that three hours of your life could have just saved that person's life. It's amazing. Um, something that small, I'd never donated blood ever until now. Um, and I don't think I'll
0: ever stop. Hmm. You know, I guess kind of the last question I want to ask you, uh, and I'm, I'm putting you on the spot with all these questions because we didn't discuss it before, but um, in in terms of, you know, yourself as a person of faith, um, I know that this experience that you went through changed everything. And, and I'm I'm guessing that it had an effect on, on your faith and your yeah. relationship with God as well. So can you talk about oh, yeah. that a little bit? Um, I,
1: um, it, I don't think my faith has ever been stronger because there was so many moments like I wasn't, um, stable enough to fly. They, they I, they're, I wasn't. And, um, all that they could do at that moment was like, try to keep me from bleeding out and everybody prayed. Like there was, there was no, I, I just magically kind of miraculously turned a corner to be stable enough of, to fly and then do it again on the helicopter ride over at some point, turn a corner to be where now I'm not like at death's doorstep. You know, there's a chance I have, I'm mm-hmm. still critical, but I'm stable, you know? Yep. So to go from this point where she's not even stable enough to make it to a bigger hospital, cause they were out of blood. There was nothing left in a 45 mile radius of Quincy, there's nothing left for me to get. I had to get somewhere else, and I wasn't stable enough. and And people prayed, and um, my doctor even he drove to St. Louis to see me that Saturday because I called him first thing Saturday morning, like, "Hi, I'm okay. Don't worry." <laughs> so he um, he drove to St. Louis to see me that night, and he he'll even say, "I say you saved my life." And he's like, "No, I did not save your life. That was that was God." <laughs> That was God and your fight is what he'll tell you. Um, and he kind of is, he doesn't like that. I've been telling people, yeah, he saved my life. He's like, I didn't do it. That was God. God saved you, you know, because. Credit
0: where credit's due, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> medically, I, there's no reason for me to be here medically because I, I had, my body had to just start making its own blood products. There was nothing that they could do. Anything they gave me was coming right out. So, um, I, I don't think I've ever felt so close to God as I do right now. I just feel, I feel, um, like emotions more and, you know, I feel love more. I, I just, and everything, like I could stub my toe or I could be running late and be like, Oh, there's, there's about, there's a reason why that happened. Thanks God. You know, I mean, I guess it must've, if I would have ran out on time, maybe I would have been in a wreck, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just. I just see that there's a reason for everything that happens, and um, and I uh, like the amount of people that I've been told have prayed for me. I am just I'm blown away by how mm. many, and that's part of like with all of this that happened. That's what I think I want to share is just it's it's a God given miracle. I mean, I look in the mirror every day, and there's a miracle in front of me, mm. um, and I feel like that's kind of been my. Purpose of life now is sharing this miracle with everybody and the power of prayer.
0: Is it ever overwhelming to 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 be a miracle? Like, do you ever <laughs> just wish that you could just be a normal person again?
1: Yeah, it it does get that way because okay, I'll be like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something with this. I don't think uh, I'm not. Am I doing enough every day to make this? You know, to make all the people who are all the angels and every all the prayers come? You know that. Came well, together for me to be here. Am I? Am I doing enough to
0: make everybody happy? I, I think anybody in your position would feel that way, and and it's yeah. it's a noble way to feel. But whatever happened here was a gift. Mm-hmm. It was a gift, and yeah. uh, and and what's beautiful about your story is that you are responding freely to a free gift that you were given. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, when you have those twinges of like obligation and I should do more, push. Push that aside because, uh, yeah, you just being here is such a witness, and and the things that you just sort of naturally feel led to do, to to share and to give back are are beautiful and um, just so grateful for you. Grateful to have this opportunity to talk about it. Grateful to hear those little kid noises in the background.
1: I have been running around. And
0: up there. <laughs> uh, Kayla, thank you so much for sharing this with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it.
1: I appreciate
0: it too. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the All Things Good podcast. And I want to say thank you again to Kayla Breeder for sharing with us her just incredible story. If you want to find out more about Luther Memorial or if you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, you can just go to lmcquincy.com and we have worship every Sunday morning at 9:30 a.m. We are fully remote in these COVID-19 days, and so we are live streaming our service every Sunday on Facebook Live and through Zoom. So, if you want to find out more about how to connect with those Sunday morning services, again, uh, you can find that at lmcquincy.com. Hope you all have a wonderful week, and
1: we'll see you next time. Bye bye.